0: Hi, Damien DeMarcus from 100 Not Out here. MP? Yes, Damo? We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter The Journey of Me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal
1: designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, The Journey of Me is a must-have if you're ready to live your
0: best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. The Wellness Stream Streaming wellness into your lives.
1: Welcome to 100 Not Out. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of One Hundred Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of ageing well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sensational co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys. He is the Messiah of Meat. He is Dr. <laughs> Damien Christoph.
0: Oh, I didn't know what you were going to say with that one. That's a goodie.
1: You never do, mate. You never do. Never, ever heard that one before. Good to hear your voice, legend. Great to hear your voice. Good
0: to be reunited
1: since we worked
0: out the other day in the park.
1: I know. I saw you've been doing a bit of extra working out down there along the the bay, getting your uh, crossfit on. Well, getting my fit on. I
0: was just... um, I was frustrated i was agitated i thought i can't get angry i've got to get even so i decided that i was going to go and uh start working out harder get fitter yeah you got to push through some pain barriers because many people might know i've been carrying a knee injury right so I've this knee injury for you know a long long time and the last two years been very very painful and i haven't really run but i thought you know what it's going to have to get replaced anyway one day. So why don't I just run on it now? Who cares? So I just pushed through the pain. It actually felt quite liberating pushing through the pain.
1: Yeah, good work. Yeah, anyway. The agitation was a level of inspiration then. <laughs> it's just a degree of inspiration. Really you were so inspired by Lawrence slapping you that it was agitating yes. and it's actually caused you to go out and uh, punch it out another workout.
0: Oh, I did, and what was even more um, inspiring or more agitating was um, Brett putting that hashtag on that post, and I was like, <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to – even Lawrence knew. So I thought, that's it. I'm going hard, and I'm going to lap Brett
1: next time, and I'm going to just keep up with you. you and I'll keep up with you <laughs> I needed help on the pull-ups. I can't do pull-ups to save myself, so I had to help from everyone, I think. All three of you gave me a good spot. Now, Damo, yes, there's markets. some research that's come out that people are chomping at the bit to hear your take on, and uh, it didn't quite work for you guys to get together and talk about this on The Wellness Guys, and thankfully, you uh, are a host on two podcasts, and mm. so... We're going to take the reins here on 100 not out because, as we speak, there has been some research come out from the World Health Organisation, or more accurately, the International Agency for Research on Cancer (IARC), uh, which is the uh, cancer research arm of the WHO. And um, it is it, the, the, this. Let's just call them the WHO rather than the IARC because this is going to be easier. Yes. It, it's essentially come out. The WHO have come out and said that um, red meat is in a category which we call 2A, which is probably carcinogenic to humans. Mm -hmm. And processed meat is in group one, which is conclusively carcinogenic to humans. And so there's a lot of uh, meat eaters out there and paleo peeps that really want some clarity. And the vegans are jumping for joy right now, let's be clear. Um, Aren't they? And and I really want to bring a balance. I would love to bring a bit of balance to this conversation as a – as a seven-year vegan and uh, probably a twenty-three-year processed meat kind of guy, and probably now a uh, five or six-year somewhere in the middle, um, I, I would love to know where you sit on this because there's a really this is some, there's some fascinating um, insights that the WHO have shared, and um, one of them being that red meat is probably carcinogenic. What was your take on this, Domo? Well, there's a
0: couple of things. And, uh, you know, I, in my Power of Food talk, I allude to um, meat staying around in the body for a long time. You know, there's been those rumours around where people have said that if you eat a piece of meat, it'll stay in your body for up to seven days. Now, I don't know who perpetuated that myth, but I have subsequently repeated this particular experiment a number of times on hundreds of people. and that's I definitely the...
1: believed that when I was vegan.
0: Well, this is the sesame seed challenge conundrum, right? So my feeling is, and if you're a vegan, if you're a vegan and you do the sesame seed challenge, you should see sesame seeds coming out in your poo at the same speed as a carnivore, carnivore, right? This is what should happen. So my thing's always been that if the sesame seeds are coming out, everything else is coming out. The meat's not sticking around in your tummy going, hang on a sec, guys, I've got another six, seven days to go before I get to come out. It's like yeah. it's, it's coming out at the same at the same time. But there are some people out there, and maybe what this study doesn't address is the... The fecal transit time. And I just don't... It, what I, The thing that I know about colon health and gastrointestinal health is that it's about the speed at which things go in, stay in, and then come out. Because there's a role for food to play and there's a role for bacteria to play and the transit time of all of that um, from the mouth to the rectum... It has an enormous amount of influence over the health of the colon, and the gastrointestinal system. You know, everything from bloating to dysbiosis to candida through to, you know, malabsorption and diarrhea and constipation. All those things are all issues. And a lot of the issues that you and I have spoken about in the past, Marcus Pierce, have been mm-hmm. to do with bloating, indigestion, all of that sort of thing. And it comes back to that. So yes, it's highly likely that if your bowels don't move very well and you happen to eat meat, which is more likely, you're more likely to be constipated, it seems. You're more likely to be constipated if you've got a diet that's lower in fiber and richer in protein fiber or protein um, um, molecules. They're not fibers, they're protein pieces, chunks. Um, you're more likely to be constipated and dehydrated if you're throwing lots of um, protein rich foods in, right? So I've got to interrupt you. That's Can I interrupt an issue.
1: you? Yes. <laughs> Can I? Can I or did I? <laughs> so. People that are listening to this, demo, because I'm yep. hearing you, essentially what I'm saying, what, what I'm hearing from here is if you are on the paleo diet or a meat-rich diet but you are not exercising, you are not giving your body the right environment for your digestive system to work 100%, yep. Yep. then there's a level of risk involved. Yes. So we can't be so one-dimensional with our, with our diet. It's not that red meat is the problem. It's that the environment or the lifestyle that red meat finds itself in. Well, here's the other thing. Like This is all very preliminary research. It's
0: been reported that there appears to be a very small risk of increased cancers of a small amount of types of cancers, primarily only colorectal cancer.
1: That's very important to point out. It's it's
0: a small risk. And and what they don't yet understand is the mechanism by which these meats uh, will cause or could cause cancer. Now, they've classified processed meats in the same... Um, classification as they have tobacco and asbestos. So they they say that definitely, without a doubt, there's a cancer association with um, processed meats. Now, further in the document, they talk about polyaromatic hydrocarbons and heterocyclic um, aromatic hydrocarbons. And these are... Um, uh, free radicals that are known to cause lots of damage they don't necessarily know whether or not these in meat are the things that are causing the cancer but they do know that those particular um, um, free radicals are, are linked to different types of cancers in in different people um, and so again but you can get you know poly hydrocarbons from the environment from pollution for example Any so type of, yeah we're surrounded by it right we're surrounded by it now, the other thing is too that they've said that this occurs in people with a high meat diet, right? And, uh, and so the classification of a high meat diet is probably in the document, but I, I, can't, I can't recall that, Marcus. You might be able to recall. I'll that. have a
1: look whilst you
0: talk. But the, they do say that 50, a 50-gram 50 portion size of processed meat on a daily basis was enough to increase the risk of cancer, um, which, which is really interesting. But they don't talk about fish and they don't talk about chicken um, in the same way. Now, I've always been of the opinion that it's more important to get better or healthier chicken into your body than, um, than anything else because there's so much that goes on in a chicken farm that's, that, that may be unhealthful um, for humans. Um, mm-hmm. But I was thinking more along the lines of hormones as opposed to, you know, other chemicals. But, you know, in the case that we're talking about cattle um, and we're talking about sheep, it's the stuff that's sprayed on the land that actually gets into their meat that they're saying could be the reason, but they're still not sure. So, yes, I think there's a, a call for caution. But you know what, Marcus? I think what it's going to do is it's going it's to bring us back again to balance. Was it... Were you in the car the other day when I said, I bet you the next thing that's going to happen is there's going to be a massive big revolt against meat and we're going to go towards vegetarian again? Did you hear me? Was that you? No, Was I wasn't
1: the car? in the car. No, that must have been someone else.
0: This is like seven or eight days ago before this particular thing came out. I said, you know, paleo's almost run its, its course. Um, there's going to be a big story. I bet you it's going to be something like vegan or vegetarian again and we're going to go extreme in another direction. And and you know to some extent, if we think about the De Martini principles, in that there's always balance, and there's always you know what what is everything's even. You know, it's it's, yeah. it's what's that? It's um, a Newtonian law. It's you know what goes up must come down. For every action, is an equal and opposite reaction. That this had to happen. There had to be something that came out that kind of just settled it down a little bit and said, hang on a second. It's more important to be eating vegetables and fruits and salads and over-consuming vegetables, fruits, and salads than anything else on the planet. And then from there, you should build a meal that goes with it. And I think that maybe what this study might do is actually bring people back to the concept that, you know, creating some balance rather than actually an over-dominance on one particular macronutrient is probably really Mm. important.
1: I still can't help but escape, and I know we say this all the time, I still can't help but escape the fact that when we research, interview, look at the people that have lived the most incredible lives, they haven't yo-yoed from diet to diet, they've pretty much gone under the radar, they've just eaten real food, like you say, whether it's a salad, maybe it is a meatball or a sausage, you know, (laughs) once a week, Um, but they just have steered away from the extremes, like you said, you know, the meat is always going to go from one end to the other, Mm. because that's newsy, it fills papers, it sells papers and magazines and TV shows and the rest, But if we can just take a step back and go, all right, well that's how they have to behave. Like that's that's the the way they have to behave in order for them to get our attention. Um, But we just go along and just quietly do our thing. It just seems that, like you know, and I think you're spot on, Damo. Like if something's going to come run its race, then the opposite is really going to come into popularity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's my feeling around it, at least as well. And so, interestingly, and uh, and probably not surprisingly, this is a really cautious document. You know, the World Health Organization have said, just bear in mind that eating yep. processed meat. Now, this probably applies across the board to all
1: processed foods. Well, um, yeah, they're talking about um, where was it? It was ham, sausages, corned beef, biltong, or beef jerky. Is biltong yep. beef jerky? Yep. What is biltong? Beef jerky, beef jerky. But where is anyway? Um, Biltong—it's
0: just—it's you know—it's that's South—it's a South African um, version of beef jerky,
1: as well as canned meat and meat-based preparations and sauces.
0: There's no difference between canned meat and tinned fish. I'll tell you that right
1: now, right? It's exactly the same. So there's no difference. uh, Sorry. So say that again. Like you mean like um, what's that? The way in which it's done.
0: Oh, spam.
1: Spam. There's no difference between
0: spam and John West no, that's different. Like, I'm talking about tinned chicken or tinned um, beef.
1: Is there such know? a thing as tinned chicken?
0: Yeah, you can buy chicken in a tin now.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Doesn't that sound disgusting? It does sound terrible. But because we grew up with tinned fish, we kind of think that's okay. Tinned tuna, tinned salmon, sardines. tinned sardines. You know, you think that's okay. But it, it still goes through the same processes and you've still got... Um, BPA and that white coating that's inside the tin. And then you've got the irradiation process that the meat goes through to actually preserve it and knock off all the enzymes and all the bacteria. So you've got all that processing. You will probably find that anything that's been treated with things that don't assist in the digestion of it, So, for example, foods that are dried out to the extent that enzymes and bacteria can't survive in the product are more likely to be more causative than foods that actually contain enzymes and bacteria. So the meats that have been aged but not preserved will probably be more healthful for you than the meats that have been preserved or not aged. And uh, and so as a result, it's the bacteria and the breaking down process, which is that intelligence that we talk about that exists in, in living things. If we take the intelligence out of living things, in other words, if we process stuff, then it's going to be less healthful for the body. And th- this is a perspective and, um, and, and it ties into a philosophy around food and nutrition, which we've been speaking about for you know, the last couple of years, Marcus.
1: 130 odd episodes. All right. So yeah. when you said aging and not preserved, yep. what's an example? Um, we often you hear about
0: aged beef, so you'll get the, the beef, for example, will be the cow will be slaughtered, um, the piece of beef has been cut, and then it goes into like a climate controlled room. Yeah, um, it may like be like a cold, cold room. Yeah, kind of like a cold room, and yeah. it sits in that cold room for a period of time, and the bacteria and the enzymes start to um, break that meat down, and it becomes quite succulent, quite tender, and juicy and moist. And and you pay more for beef that's been aged. So, for example, wagyu, which I don't recommend anybody eats wagyu on a regular basis. It's a grain-fed. Um, you know, often the cows are being fed things that you wouldn't actually feed yourself um that that's usually aged as well so the the cow's been killed at a young age or the the bull's been killed at a young age and it's been fed grain and it's been fed other things that you know would make it otherwise very relaxed and um and so it fills the meat with fat and then it's left to hang out to kind of dry and almost I don't want to use the word decompose but kind of break down to make it you know an easier to digest or fall apart in the mouth kind of experience
1: so Um, Can I take a sharp right-hand turn and ask you just about this study? Yeah. So the only other thing that I get curious about with this type of information is if I open up a body that had lived on a diet of ham and sausages and canned meat or tin fish fish or whatever it is, then a hot dog's, you know – Whatever, yeah. The spam, yep. dolmio, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I would wonder. I would be curious to go. Well, what kind of life did this person live? Yeah. And I would probably, and again, it's this very general in nature. But they probably didn't exercise all that all that much. Mm. Um, they were probably quite sedentary, maybe, yep. but not definitely. Yeah. Um, they may not have had an active social life because if they're having a lot of, say, faster foods, convenience-based foods. It could be quite, you know, TV type meals, let's say, watching the footy or sport or movies and eating processed foods. Um, So if we were putting that general in nature, I go, well, was it the food that is causing, and this comes almost back to what we said at the beginning, was it the food that's causing the colorectal cancer? Or is it more than one thing, which we will never be able to stick a needle in and go, right, we can say that there wasn't enough exercise and socializing and, Catching up with you know family and um, having fun and all the rest of it. Um, but is that something that you think that will ever um, be exposed to that the multi, you know, the the numerous factors that go into this type of labelling rather than the consumption of red meat causes cancer.
0: Well, I think we've got to consider. These, I've looked through this, this whole document and almost in every single answer to every single question that's asked in this document is like a little disclaimer. Like something that says, with this in mind, it was important to look at other bits and pieces, et cetera, et cetera. It might then also say things like, um, however... There wasn't enough research to say, or however, the separate question of risk of infection, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. or however, so there's a whole lot of disclosure, a whole lot of uh, like limitation to the information, um, and what it makes clear, which is clear, pretty good, isn't it? Would you agree? Like, it's yeah. great, it's great, but what the media have jumped up and and down about is that meat causes cancer, yeah. and processed meat causes cancer. So they, they basically, it should have been said that there's. Now, it should have been reported like this. There is now understood to be a greater risk of developing cancer, some types of cancer, with the consumption of processed meat. There is also the possibility that normal meat may be also involved. Now, they looked at 700 different studies. 400 of those studies were with processed meat, and they were able to draw a conclusion that said that there's a greater increased risk of colorectal cancer in those... Um, people that eat processed meat. That's the one thing that came out of it. It
1: would be, yeah, okay.
0: But there's no conclusive evidence. The other thing is that they said they're not sure about the cooking methods, they're not too sure about the preserving methods.
1: Oh, let's the- ask about this. Well, the, when I was looking at this, they're
0: not, they're not too sure about anything really other than that there appears to be a link. And so what this has done is open up an enormous platform, and an enormous amount of um, research and study now needs to go into this area to try and understand, is it actually causal or is there just a link? Because there's a link to cancer if you're alive. I've got to tell you, like if you're just living, is there a
1: link a... to death if you're born, Damo? Yeah, there's a link. Yeah, you is it you... is it true that 100 percent of people who are born will die? Yes, it's amazing, isn't it? Are I don't you know serious? why we don't do something about this birth thing. It's amazing. We've got to do some research on this. We're going to put a study out. <laughs> you know, we've got to find what the contributing factors are. It's
0: another thing that fear mongers. So I don't know. Let's put it out there. Maybe they're going to come up with a vaccine against um, death. <laughs> could be a vaccine against the causes or against colon cancer, you know. So you, you, if, you take, if you have this vaccination, you're not going to get colorectal cancer and you can eat as much meat as you like. You know, that could be the next thing that they're going to move towards. But what, what, and I know that's a very cynical thing to say. Um, and for those people who have suffered with colorectal cancer, I'm very sorry for even, you know, being disrespectful. But what I want to point out here is that all this study does is open up the opportunity for further and greater research. My only hope is that it's not medical comp-
1: medical or pharmaceutical companies that are the ones that are doing the research. Look it 's some sociological companies. Some big universities doing a link between diet and social life and exercise and family relationships lifestyle. and life purpose. And yeah,
0: totally. Why don't we look at lifestyle and the risk of? Or why don't we look yeah. at life purpose and the risk of? Let's look at people who have been... Um, You know, happy and lived in happiness for a long time, or who have lived in a relatively stressless environment, you know, and and lived for a long time. Let's research
1: people who catch up for a Campari and orange on a Sunday night and actually have a nice piece of fish in a beautiful pasta and salad and actually enjoy it. And relax and laugh, you know, jump in the. You and I on Sunday, my first ever Campari. Wasn't it nice? Wasn't it nice? (laughs) So, it was just I, nice
0: just to relax. Yeah. I think it's the key oh, it's is the relaxing. is the art of relaxation. Um, this and the principles associated with mindfulness. And you know, I, the other thing I'd like people to ask themselves, when they read a study like this or they read the newspaper article that talks about it, if this makes you fearful, what is it that you're actually really after? What do you, what is it that you really want? Are you looking? Are you looking to? Um, Live forever and ever and ever, you're scared to die. Um, is it that you want to live to a particular type of age? Is it that you don't want to get a particular disease? or you know what is it that you're actually chasing as to the reasons why you want to make some change? Uh, I think that driver, I think, is really, really important. A lot of people are fearful of, of what's happening with their body as opposed to living um, to express and have the, the, the rest of their life being the best of their life.
1: Now, you've got so much wisdom. I'm going to make sure we put this uh, research Q&A up on the show notes. So, guys, yeah. you're listening to all of this. I'll make sure this PDF is available uh, to you. That will just be in the show notes. Click the link. Damo, there's so many questions in here which you say have been very uh, – they've been answered – the answers have been very measured. Yeah. I would love to do another episode with you in the future where well, I what ask you um, such questions as what are the safest methods of cooking meat? Is eating raw meat safer? Um you know, t- talking about um, the the being probably carcinogenic to humans, but clearly they're not created equal. Like processed meat is not as carcinogenic as asbestos, so yeah, to speak. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, You know, just there's lots of questions in here that I would love your take on because you're not the who, and you you are, don't have to be as measured per se. Um, it would be great to get. Um, your insights and wisdom on some of the things which we didn't have time to cover off today.
0: Yeah, nah, love to. What if uh, when people read this or listen to this particular episode, read the paper or the question and answer thing, why don't they um, ask us some questions? So we can cover those questions.
1: Yeah, get, uh, get in touch with us on Facebook, folks. You can go to facebook.com forward slash 100 not out. That's all words. Um, always friend Damien Christoph. Go to the, um, are you facebook.com forward slash Damien Christoph? Sure am, mate. Oh, actually, it might be Dr. Damien Christoph. Okay, Ooh, so I'm just search for demo yep. and facebook.com forward slash Marcus D. Pierce. The best way to really share this podcast with your friends and family is to – it might sound a bit weird but if you are on iTunes, iTunes um, uh, propels podcasts to their charts and to their featured um, podcasts when people rate it and give reviews. So if you haven't given us a rating – or review, please do so because that helps this podcast uh, be spread all over the world. You can check out the entire range of wellness podcasts available at wellnesscouch.com, including the number one show, of course, The Wellness Guys Demo. As always, mate, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you, and Pete. Until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.